At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Man of Mindsets podcast. I am your host, Xavier, man. So today I got a, um, wait, wait, wait. Before we start the episode, I want to advise all the listeners, all the watchers, to please subscribe, leave that five-star rating, leave that review, leave that comment, share, do all those things. We're trying to run those numbers up, y'all trying to get those subscribers up. Everything, we're trying to run it up. So if y'all could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. And getting right to the show, y'all know I don't really like the small talk. I like to get right to it. So today I got a special guest. He's back. He was just on... A couple months ago, and it it, it, it it went crazy. The episode he did, it caused a lot of arguments online, people going crazy. So I'm like, we was just talking, having a conversation. I'm like, bro, let's run it back. We could address some of the things that went viral on the, on the, on the gram, on TikTok and all that. We could talk about it more in depth on the show. So I had to have him back. I got my guy, Tim Jackson. What's good, bro? Welcome <laughs> What's back. What's good, man? I'm back, man. Round two, man. Uh, a whole lot lighter. And a lot more hair. <laughs> hey, we was talking about that before the show. I said, man, you look 15 years younger, bro. Yeah, man. You know, a lot of people didn't realize I could grow hair. If you go back and watch my video, you can see I can grow hair. But mm-hmm. I finally, I'm growing it back out, man. Everybody said I'm looking younger. But uh, it feel weird to have, yeah, have a hairline again, you know, <laughs> to have hair, you know. Yeah, you like, you 25, man. Like, that shit crazy. Yeah, let's get into it, man. Because I done stared up a lot of shit <laughs> on your pages. <laughs> Bro, I still got, right now, I still got people coming, kind of like, Every every minute I got comments coming in with and we talking about the infamous clip. If y'all ain't seen it, y'all make sure y'all go back and check out this episode. And then this clip, Tim was breaking down how he believes that gentrification isn't a real thing. And he had to he explained why. And I first I want to say this, because there was people that they seen the video and they came in with their two cents. And sometimes when you just see clips, you yeah. make assumptions. Absolutely. Without realizing that you are a former zone, zoning commissioner. Yeah, they thought like I was it, just some random, some, some random Jones nigga, you know, <laughs> that you got off the street. I was right. just like, hey, you know, no, no, right. no. I actually was a, a zoning commissioner exactly. appointed twice in exactly. the city, the city of Dallas, which is, I believe, is like the eighth or ninth largest city in the nation. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I'm not just talking out the side of my mouth. I'm, I'm talking from very specific experience. Exactly, and yeah. I, I really wanted to say that, bro, because like I said, when when you see clips. You don't really get the whole insights on who somebody is or what they know. Like, and I feel like some people really was thinking this is just some regular motherfucker off the street. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, you're where a former. Where you get this where, where from? The, right. Where, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? He's people. These people talking about some. You don't know. He, he don't know what he's talking about. They don't have nothing to do with real estate. Yeah. Telling the zone commissioner yeah. that he don't know. I'm like, yo, hold on. We gotta first. Let me say that on the social. People know when they see this now. Like, oh, this is, this guy. He do got some information on real estate, but. Getting into the topic. Let's get so into it, man. Like, like I'm trying to see where I want to start with this, man. Like, um, 
First. You know they just, they just gonna take clips and make whatever <laughs> they want to, like that chick did on TikTok. Just took a two second clip and just ran with it, right? And I'm Yo, like, she made a Damn. whole clip. Yeah, she had like eighty thousand followers. I never really respond to people, but then when I saw she had all them followers, I was like, Nah, fuck that. We finna have a conversation. She ended up blocking. She blocked you. Yeah, yeah. She didn't want. The, it crazy. wasn't even about one no smoke. It's just if you are gonna talk about facts, Let's like talk it. about all the facts. And then when she started getting mad, I, I just asked her specifically since you're talking bad about me saying that. You know, I, she said I was talking down on her. Right, right, people, right, right. Which is the, anyone who knows me knows that's the furthest from the truth. My thing was, okay, well, since you're saying that and you have a large following, specifically, what have you done for the black community economically or to create change outside of making a post? Because I've put up hundreds of thousands of dollars in my community to change it. Uh, and as a zoning commissioner, man, I, I poured everything I could into exactly. it to educate. So, and when you start asking people for specifics, that's when they, they start blocking you. <laughs> People getting their feelings. Even um, like I, we talked about it. Even Kevin Durant company in the boardroom commented on it. And yeah, they, yeah. I don't remember what that comment was. I think they said like, I don't remember what they get said. him. They said now ask him about uh, the tax increases, and I was like, yeah. let's get it. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about let's, that. Let's talk, let's talk about that because just just playing devil's advocate. Well, people see that they'll be like, well, what about um. What about redlining? What about taxes? Like, what what's your response to when people say that? Because that's a common thing. That Absolutely. People say. Yeah. Absolutely. So which one do you want me to hear first? Let's because, go, let's go, let's go to taxes. Okay, so let's talk about the taxes. So one of the comments that was common was, mm -hmm. what about taxes? You know, taxes go up everywhere. Yeah, uh, and taxes are down. Bro, they push people out, right? Mm -hmm. I would never deny that taxes are increased. But let me ask you this though. Who bears the brunt of tax increases? The answer is the, renters. The renters does. Right? Because yeah. as an owner, as a person who owns property, who right. made my money in real estate, right? Whenever I have a tax increase, and I always dispute my taxes. Every year I go through and I'll protest my taxes, try to get them lowered. Um, but if there is a, a, an increase, I pass that off. And, and, mm. and sometimes I'll do 50-50. Sometimes I'll do 100%. just depends. Damn. Um, but we had like a 35% increase on taxes within the last year or two, right? Yep. I didn't pass all of that off on my, my tenant. Uh, my tenants, should I say, because that's just not the type of person I am, right? Like, I'm not trying to price people out of being able to afford housing, right? Because we specifically purchase properties in areas that are deemed low income. Exactly. But, but if you know anything about real estate, those are the areas that are being gentrified, as people say, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever there is a tax increase, what you typically see is the landlord passes that off on the renter. So mortgage never goes up, right? You have a fixed rate, typically 15 to 30 years. Taxes and insurance are what vary, and that's what you can control. Right. But when they go up, that's typically passed off to the renter. Like, think, what, tell me one time, as long as you've been renting, when your rent went down. Never. What was that? Never. Rent never, never goes, goes down, down, my guy. Never. Ever. And so all the people saying, well, he's, he's assuming that people own their properties, and he's assuming this. And it's just like, okay, well, let's talk about that. All the fees get passed off on renters. So if you're a renter and you're in an area that's being redeveloped and taxes go up 35% and your landlord passes that off to you, you're not going to be able to afford that. See, I, I, I've been in those zoning meetings, those zoning commission right, meetings. Right. I'm, I'm the one that's knocking on people's doors like, hey, they're selling properties over here for five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000. Like now is the time. Now is the time. And what happens too often, Xavier, is that I see this only with black people. I see this only with us. We always pull... We always bring up poverty because everybody treats us like we just poor. Like we got to get out of that black, all black people all are poor, poor shit. shit. That's right, not right, right. a fact. 
That's facts. Right? People just assume, like, if you black, they'd be like, You're poor yep. or you're a criminal. So whenever you start seeing any types of policies that's being put out for specifically for black people, it's never economic. Mm. It's, it's well, I'm going to say never. I, 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 I was told to never say never. never right, it's right, right. rarely economic. Rarely. Somebody going to pull, well, there was a farmer's bill. They're going to always pull that bill out their ass to substantiate or argue with me. But that doesn't impact people in Dallas. That doesn't impact people in, in the major cities where the, the bulk black of black people live is in major cities in the metropolis area, right? Yep. So there's never any policies that are geared towards economic development, economic stability, um, creating Great. financial, you know, um, you know, foundation. It's always, well, we'll, you know, give you this. We'll or decriminalize <laughs> weed. <laughs> yeah, that helps the blacks, right? That's a, that's a fact. Right? Or we'll, we'll decriminalize something or we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let all these people out of prison that we put into prison for the same laws, right? So black people got to get out of this shit. We got to get out of that. Everything associated with us is either, you know, being poor or being a criminal. And I'm the first person that's going to, and when I see that shit, I'm be like, nah, fuck all that. That's not our story. That's not our plight. But taxes are what they are. Taxes go up everywhere. Um, but what we don't like to talk about is it impacts every neighborhood, Xavier. When I was a zoning commissioner, man, I, I can think of three or four cases right off the top of my head where a hundred people showed up to protest new development and none of them were black. Mm. Like literally on the case, we would have a hundred to 125 registered speakers, which you, you register to speak so you can protest development or redevelopment. Right. And these were not black people, not people with money. Right. And they just didn't want that shit in their neighborhood. No, we don't want this shit over here. We, we don't, no, 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 fuck that. We, we want everything to remain the same. That's a human nature thing, right? Right. But with us, it's like, we have to equate that to poverty. Why is it when it's us, it's equated to poverty and we can't afford, but when it's somebody else, it's them preserving their community. Mm. Like, we're we going to have to get out of that shit as a people and stop throwing stones at the people who are actually in these meetings like, yo, this shit is not going to go our way if we don't start buying up property. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm. stop saying what we can't do and start asking, how can we do it? Mm, no, I, I I love what you're saying, and, so, and something that I realized, even with um, with this message, I think a lot of people found issue with it because I realized making content and observing others' content, I realized, especially when you're talking to to black people, if you're not coming from like a coddling, the way you're saying it, we focus more on the way you say it. More than what you saying, a lot except of in music. Except in music, you can get you can tell somebody can get high, get drunk, fuck bitches, kill niggas all day all long. All day, and yeah, right. <laughs> no, seriously. And then if it's like no, uh, um, yeah, somewhere. I'm sorry, yeah, little, little fuzz. It's, it's still on your chin. It's still on your chin. Yeah, you know, ain't no hate. Ain't no right. hating over here, man. <laughs> there I'm you good, go. I'm good, I'm you good. know that's that cashmere. Yeah, you know yeah. you got that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know we can say get high, get drunk, fuck bitches, kill niggas all day long, and everybody's like, yeah, we need to get him at the school to go talk to the kids. No facts. Yeah, but you then but then when you say, hey man, like yeah. you can actually afford to purchase your grandma's house. You can actually afford to buy that piece of property. That old trap house in your neighborhood, and you can start together. building wealth. Well, everyone doesn't have money, Tim. You're talking down We're on us, Tim. You're speaking down on us, Tim. Like, man, get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> shit, man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit, man. You no know, facts. It's 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 a messed up. Um, it's it's a fucked up dynamic. Just being honest, because I seen even um mentioning mentioning somebody that's in a whole different field talking about Kevin Samuels. 
Mm. I seen the the reaction he got out of people when he was just speaking his point of view, but he wasn't coddling. He was saying straight up, this is what it is. If you want this, this is what it is. And we seen the reaction out of people. He died. People was like, woo. That's crazy. That shit is crazy. Just from somebody speaking their opinion. That's crazy. Whether you agree or not, at the end of the day, everybody, in my my belief, everybody got the right to their opinion. If I don't agree with somebody's opinion, I just don't pay attention to them. I don't care. But at the end of the day, when it comes to content, one thing I realize is people don't, they don't know how to ignore what they have a disdain for. That's why shit go viral. Bro, let me tell you. You know how much fuck shit I see on the internet every day? Just, I mean, you, come on, man. You, you, you're, you're a very intelligent man. You, you, you've taken this space and you put in the chokehold and you bring people on who are very familiar to your audience, right? Mm -hmm. Like you bring on a lot of blue check guys Mm -hmm. who got it out the mud. You bring on people that we would, some people would never have an opportunity to get in the room with. And then you bring on niggas like, you know, (laughs) that you, you know what I'm saying? That's like the nigga you went to school with, right? Right. And sometimes, man, like I've watched your show before and I was like, I don't know about that shit. Mm-hmm. A specific topic or something saying, but mm-hmm. it's like, just keeps growing. Like, Let's if that's how he getting his bag, that's how she getting her bag, that's their business. Let me look back in my pocket. Oh, ain't no money came out of my pocket yet? Okay, well, fuck it, you know? But people get so personal. They take this shit so personal. That's how you know you be on, on to something. Right. When motherfuckers take it personal, they say, I hit dog a holler, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> they take it personal. And, when I, and I, when I get in the comments and I say, well, Explain to me specifically what needs to be done. If you don't agree with me, it's you just fuck you. You know, never no answer. Ain't no answer. Ain't no answer. It's just emotions. It's more emotion, more, more feeling. Let me ask you this. Uh, speaking on the topic of um, uh, gentrification, another comment that I seen people saying when they talked about redlining. Let's talk about that because what a lot of people don't understand is that uh, I am a grad level history major, mm. and essentially my my exit thesis, if you want to call it, from grad school was on. Um, the great migration of black people, the first and the second wave, right? So I, I can start, it's like when I first met you, you told me you were from Chicago. I was like, you got family in Mississippi? Yep. You're like, yeah, man, how you know that, right? You know what I'm saying? But see, people don't, they can't see that in a two-second clip. You know, yeah, exactly. like they, won't, they won't ask me shit like that. Exactly. But here's my thing. Does redlining exist? <clears throat> Absolutely redlining exists, okay? Uh, it was actually used against us, right? right? Let's not get it twisted, right? Um, I don't like the term gentrification, but for, for all for shits and giggles, I'll say, you know, let's talk about gentrification is the act of moving into a neighborhood as a developer, purchasing up property, raising the price and pricing people out of that neighborhood exists. Absolutely. It exists. Let's not pretend like it's not that. But when it comes to the word play, when I think of the word gentrification, I don't think of a solution when I hear that word. Because no one ever talks about mm. how do you combat it? It's kind of like black on black crime, right? Like crime is crime. Gr- but when black people start asking for <laughs> protections from the government, then it was like, no, well, what about black on black crime, right? <laughs> so, so then you create this whole, you know, this saying to kind of take away from the fact that there's some, there's something that needs to be done. And when we're asking for help, you put it back on us, right? right. And that's how I see gentrification. I see that as it's happening, but woe is me. Let's just, let's just sit back and cry about it. And redlining, redistricting, all that shit takes place. My question is, what the fuck are we, we doing, doing to about- combat it? You and I, we were in the military, right? Mm-hmm. So we, I see things from a mission standpoint. A mission standpoint, everything. Everything is mission-oriented, right? So if something bad is happening to me, a kid from, 
from I can say it now. Last time, remember I said I didn't want to say my hood. You know, right, 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 know, right, right. Because I say you should never claim your hood if you don't own property. Mm -hmm. And I own property, but I was setting a precedent. But a kid from Pleasant Grove, you know, don't shit good. Pleasant come out of Pleasant Grove. <laughs> Some of the best first forty-eight episodes, right? right Pleasant Grove, right? right? So if, if a kid from Pleasant Grove who went to public school who doesn't come from money by any stretch of the imagination can say, damn, what's that over there? How do I get that over there? And how do I get that and bring it back over here so that we can all eat? Like, why can't more people think like that? And why do we push away people like that? It's like we, we say we want representation, but then when we get representation, that representation becomes what well, just carry us until you can't carry us anymore. That's right. Coach Prime. That's so funny that you Coach man, Prime. That's so funny because I, I, I wanted to talk about that because yeah. I, I've seen. I seen a reaction. If y'all don't know, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, he he left JSU. He's going to be the head coach of football at Colorado. And I seen a reaction on the internet. I'm just watching the reaction. It was embarrassing. But, but it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And, and, and I seen, I, I can't remember if it was Andre Hatcher that posted this. Somebody posted it. They said, y'all mad at, y'all more mad at Coach Prime for leaving than y'all are at people that's selling their properties, selling their grandmother's properties for yeah, nothing. Yeah, he said that. And I think he said, uh, all the people complaining about Coach Prime going to a white college probably don't work for a black company. Either. Exactly. Like, at some point in the game, this isn't, you know me, I'm not a bootstrap guy. I'm not going to tell you to pull your boots up by bootstraps. Cause I understand many of us don't have boots. If we do, the strings, the we ain't no fucking strings in them, right? Um, but <laughs> right. here's the thing. What the fuck else was he supposed to do? Like, when, when Coach Prime went to Jackson State, I'll never, I'm from Dallas. He's a Dallas, you know, he's not from Dallas, but he's he's made his home here, Yeah, right? he represents, he represents. He's made his home in mm -hmm. Dallas, and, you know, I've seen him come from trying to start his own school. It didn't work out. Going to go coach at his kids' schools. It worked out pretty worked decent. Out. Kind of coming up the ladder there and then going to JSU, right? Now, let's not get it twisted. JSU has the best, the, the best attendance in the SWAC, right? They've always had the best game attendance. They have probably one of the strongest alumni, if not the strongest alumni in the SWAC. So we're not going to take nothing away from JSU, right? Mm -hmm. But when he got there, it was more like, he's going to be the savior for every HBCU. And it doesn't work. What did you expect for him to leave there and then go to Grambling and then leave Grambling and go to FAMU? And then like, like, what was you expecting? I don't know what people was expecting, bro. I really don't. That's why I was so confused over the backlash. I'm like, is this something I'm missing? Like, I'm not from, I know in the South, football is like a religion. So I understand that. And I'm not from the South, I'm from the Midwest. So I'm always like, I felt like I was looking at it from like an outsider perspective. Like, why are people so upset that he's? It's just not an outside perspective. It's 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 us, mm. right? No one will ever complain about Nick Saban jumping schools. Nick Saban Never. went from LSU to Alabama. Alabama, that, he went to crazy. a rival, right? Which is crazy. Which is crazy. But no one says that about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer left Utah, went to Ohio State. No one talks about how these coaches do this for a living. Like that's the part of coaching. Why? So why does Dion have to stay put? And why do we need a savior? Like he, go ahead. No, I was going to say that we have this thing in our community. In my opinion, it's like the savior complex. We always looking for a savior. We always putting that on somebody. And then we put we a cape them. on somebody. Then we kill them. And then we when kill they don't them. live up to our expectations and what we thought they should do. And then we kill them. And a lot of people don't ever want to say that out loud. Because I knew when he came, I, I I put it, I think I posted, I was like, he'll be there for three years, five years tops. Mm -hmm. He's going to accomplish was, you everything. Could tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. but that's what he should do. That's what do. he should do, right? Right? Right. That's what he should do. We don't expect that from any other coach. It's, it's just us. So so what do you want from him? Like, specifically, what did y'all want him to do? Well, he was talking about, you know, we need to do this for black college and that, and he was getting us to buy in, and then all these kids transferred. Guys, 
what was he supposed to do? Like he literally gave HBCUs the blueprint. He brought attention to the disparity in pay and, and the facilities. He brought sponsors. Right. He got us. He got HBCUs consistently on not just ESPN ten yeah, or right, right. you know ESPN three like ESPN two. You know, like what else was he supposed to do? But here's the thing, Xavier. You got to leave them niggas behind, bro. Like if if now is not the present time to understand, like. Some people just will never be able to comprehend that the way that we've been doing it forever is not benefiting us, right? Nice. And, and it's like, this dude, if you look at his staff, the people that's been around him, they've been around him forever. Yeah. Look what he did from a social media standpoint. Look what he did with his kids. Like, this dude is a father. He brought all of his kids, if I'm not mistaken, with him to that school, right? He did. Like, aren't you supposed to take your kids with you when you advance? Well, let's talk about the pay. Since it's not about the money, what was he getting paid? Like two, three hundred thousand dollars a year. They said th he said three hundred thousand a year, but he was giving away half of it to build the facility. So can we just keep it a buck? Me and you were making more money than, than Coach Beyonce, Prime. Yeah. When he was at when JSU, was at now he probably got more money than us long term. Right. But I'm talking about just from a salary standpoint, right? No facts. So, like, at what point in the game do we say, "Damn, kudos! He gave me the blueprint." He gave us the blueprint. He did. So now go out there. You can't be him because he's prime. He's always been prime. Mm -hmm. He's always showed up and showed out everywhere he went. This is prime. Mm -hmm. This is the dude that went to San Francisco, Got won a Super Bowl, and then came to Dallas, right? <laughs> won a Super Bowl. He hated rivals, right? Mm -hmm. He understands the game. So why can't we pick the game up? Why we got to put the man down when he's literally handing us the game? Mm. I've seen someone, what, 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 what you think about this? Because I've seen someone say, because the blueprint thing, I agree with that, but I've seen someone say, well, it's not a blueprint if, he only did it because he's Deion Sanders. There's no other Deion Sanders, so there's no blueprint. blueprint. Okay, so so that's that? that's what that's that's what you call nigga splaining, right? You remember what I said last time? We black people, we gotta separate ourselves from the nigga shit, right? Mm. That's that barbershop talk. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I mean, if he Deion, well, right, you know, right. it's it, he gonna lose either way with you. There's, Facts. That's what you call a bad faith argument, because no matter what happens when you show up to create a result. To create a solution, there's going to always be a, a nigga in the background saying, well, what about, no, no, no. What have you done specifically? What have you done? And as black people, we got to start vetting the people who offer criticism mm -hmm. to black people who are actually trying to create change and show us how the game work. Because we're not in those rooms. We don't know how things go down. We can only, in some cases, imagine what it is. And then we insert our own opinions on what we would do. But the fact of the matter is, if you're working at your job right now, and they're paying you $20 an hour and somebody reaches out and finds you and they say, we'll pay you $40 an hour. And our company has been around for a long time and we'll give you all these benefits. Are you going to stay at that job and be loyal to that job? Exactly. I'm out no, no, I don't left for way worse. Uh, facts. You know what I'm saying? Way less should I right, say? Yeah. So then, so then why does he have to stay? He literally, he reached the pinnacle. He won the swag. Yep. You know, he, I mean, he won the swag two out of three years. Yeah. Like yeah. what else is there for him to win? Nothing. He he re, at, at where he was at, he reached the peak. It was time to move on to new things. And then he up there, man. Them niggas breaking into his car, <laughs> breaking into <laughs> you know, they, they, so, they so much nigga shit, they right? Speak about that. Like like nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, right? And and you know what? I know I might piss some people off. You hey, know I don't why. give a damn. Why aren't we talking about the fact that HBCUs, many of them? are making a push to diversify their student body so black people aren't getting the scholarships. Mm, I know that. Oh, look it up. Go apply. 
They give it's HBCUs giving money out to Ukrainians right now. Look at that. That's up. crazy. No, I believe it. I know how yeah, we, that, we I know how we get down with Ukraine right now. So you I know what believe I'm it. So it's like, um, I'm a veteran, bro. Um, when I went back to grad school, I wanted to go to an HBCU because my family grew up in a I'm not gonna say the city or the town right, right, because right. I'm not trying to shit on a specific college. But my family grew up in a town where there's a big HBCU. And I reached out. I'm like, hey, I want to get my, you know, my grad, my uh, master's degree here. You know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Of course, I'm going to get some money right. you know, from the military. But at this point in the game, I couldn't really use, I had already used up my GI Bill, right? Mm -hmm. So now I just got my, my Texas veteran stuff, right? Well, no, we don't pay for that. You got to pay for out-of-state out fees, yada, yada, yada. I'm just like, well, I have family that lives in the city. Can I just use their address? To, no, we can't do that. Like, they, told, they pretty much told me no five or six different ways, right? But these colleges, they're diversifying. So non-black people aren't being told no at a higher rate. The black college here in Dallas is probably not even 50% black anymore. Right. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not shitting on it right. because you got to go where the money is. You got to do what you got to do to improve. All the money that they're getting are, are not from black donors. All the money they're getting is not from people that look like us. So then what do you do? Do you allow your institution to fail because we're not supporting? And I say we, we're not supporting our institutions. Or do we just sit back and do barbershop talk and point the finger because you're not black enough? You'll never be black enough. Never. You'll never be black enough to somebody. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm from the hood, but, you know, uh, I went to this school. Oh, no, you ain't black. You're like, what's this, what's this black experience that everyone has to follow but nobody can meet? Man, that's crazy. That's a bar, bro. Because you're right. Because everybody, the older I get, the more I'm realizing, like, we, we not, what's the word? A monolith. So many of us. We have different experiences. Some of us come, some of us come up in the hood. Some of us don't. Some of us come up in other countries. Right. Some of us come up in two parent households. Some of us come up in one parent household. Some of us raised by our grandmothers. Like it's so the black experience is so broad, but we put it into this this one box, one lane. You gotta be broke. Yep. You gotta be poor. Yep. You gotta be a hood nigga. Mm -hmm. You gotta fuck a lot of hoes if you're a man, right? Like a bunch of shit that's just gonna make your life. Terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, think about it, bro. Like, think about it. If we perpetuate, and I perpetuated every right. fucking we've, stereotype. We've all, we've all done it before. Oh, I perpetuate every fucking stereotype <laughs> you can think of, right? But at some point in the game, it's just like. You got to grow up. I never forget when I came home from the military. And I had a partner of mine, real, you know, good friend of mine. He said, man, let's go to the club. Anybody from Dallas, y'all know this is back in the day, Club Blue. I'm an old nigga. So, you know, <laughs> some of y'all old niggas know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so we, 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 we linked up like around midnight, almost one o'clock. We drove downtown. Uh, club Blue is in that building where, where True Kitchen is right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, the yeah, little, yeah. They got, it still got the blue stuff around, the neon lights. I don't Damn. know what it's called now. So we parking lot pimping, right? You know, we young. We fresh, you know, driving around. The club is letting out by the time we get there, right? I'll never forget this car. I, I was in my, my car. I had out-of-state tags. I just came from the military. This car gets in front of me and cuts me off. And I'm like, that's my boy. I said, you know who that is? He's like, no. It's kind of strange. So we loop back around the club. Some of my partners come out of the club. My boy let the window. He's like, hey, what's up with the whole ass nigga? You know how you talk to people. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, we just got the whooping these niggas ass in the club. It was the dudes in the car. As they're saying that, the car pulls up, blocks my car, Dude let the window down and just start bussing at, at my homeboys. Thankfully, he was a horrible shot. <laughs> but he, he was pop, 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 pop. My homeboy was dodging that shit like the Matrix, man. And as he turned the gun around, he pointed at me and my partner, and the fucking gun jammed up. And then he was like doing this shit to it, and then the light, they just sped off. 
I looked at my homeboy. I said, nigga, I'm good on this shit. Like, at some point in the game, that shit got to get old, man. Like, I literally almost got my shit lit up simply for just driving around parking lot pimping, right? But that's the black experience that they associate us with. And all of us don't come from that. And my kids, this next generation after you, mm-hmm. they damn sure ain't coming from that because we making money now. Yep. So my son is going to be so damn, you know, <laughs> not from the hood. It's, exactly. it's going to be pitiful. But how are black people going to treat him later on in life? Exactly. And I, it's funny because I was having this conversation. I'm, I'm having a daughter. And I'm like, she going to come up completely different than what how we came up. So I'm like, I'm wondering, is people going to be putting that like, oh, she not, they she will. ain't had the typical black experience because she came up, nice home, private school, you know, all, all that kind of shit. You, exactly. They will. Niggas, nigga, that's why I say black people have to separate ourselves from the nigga shit. There's mm. a difference between a black person and a nigga. Mm-hmm. It is, I you agree. Know, I you agree. think about that and it's like we embrace the nigga shit and then we, we alienate black people who are literally out there trying to create another create lane another for lane. us man we I, I just i don't know of any other culture that does that and for so long if you say that out loud you're talking down on your people no mm-hmm. i love my people man i'm tired of motherfucking looking like the, the suspect fitting the description when i lived out here in plain old man i used to get pulled over all the fucking time i can't tell you how many times i've been pulled over illegally searched because i fit the description fit right the description and i'll never change how another person thinks about me but as a culture, at some point in the game, we got to stop embracing that fuck shit, that dusty shit, and start saying, let's get this money, man. Like, let, let's get this money. That, bro, I realize when, when, when it comes to the term of you speaking down, I realize specifically in our community, I think, and, I, and this may offend some, offend some people, but so be it is what it is. But in our community, we largely a matriarchy. And yeah. men and women speak completely different. Mm. And once you come up around men or raised by men, you're going to be used to a certain tone where mm. some people might see that as, damn, he talking down. Mm. Like, but it's really just, this is just how men talk. Like, there's been times my dad said stuff to me, outsiders may consider, if you wasn't raised around a man, you might be like, dang, that's mean. That's, that's rude. That's harsh. But this is just how men commute. We straight up. Ain't no fluff. Ain't no like, oh, it's going to be okay. I'm a college. You just know you fucking up. You need to do better. But some when you're not used to that, you're not familiar being around men and having conversations with men, being scolded, being disciplined by men, you're gonna look at anything where this man you're gonna look at as aggressiveness or he's talking down on me. It was really they're really lifting you up, but it's it's a challenge. They it's, challenge it's, it's, you. Here's the thing. <laughs> we finna open up a can of worms, man. We finna <laughs> we finna open up a can of worms with that shit. There's no positive uplifting of black men in black culture anywhere mm. our women get uplifted absolutely there's no such thing as black boy magic and listen i'm not here to, <laughs> i'm not here to i'm not here to divide us right because exactly. i have a mentoring group exactly. real youth mentoring right I, I put my money up i put my time up we 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 do our, we do what we do exactly but for so long when you think about programs that are geared towards becoming better citizens in your community creating money that shit ain't geared towards black men. It's you not. either play a sport, you sing a song, you do a dance, or you a street nigga, or you shut the fuck up. That's it. And, and even, I mean, it's like when I look at even the conversations that I have on social media, typically when I say some, some real man shit, like, hey, y'all, we need to get this shit. It's, not, it's typically women that come in the comments in. and exactly. start, exactly. start coming at me sideways. It's like, well, damn, like, 
I'm talking to I'm talking to men right now anyway. I'm talking to the I'm for one, the mm -hmm. post started off with fellas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> ain't nobody really talking to us right now. Exactly. Why are you even inserting yourself in this conversation that doesn't even involve you? But if you say that out loud, you're a sexist. They put all these labels on you. You're they'll, put a, they'll put a label on your ass. Uh, my favorite one, who hurt you? You exactly. know what I mean? It's like, like come on, Come man. on, man. Shut that goofy <laughs> ass shit up. Because <laughs> right. I check Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels used to check dudes. All the time. Worse than he checked women. You know what they would do? Go back and listen to him. Man, you're right. I never thought about that. Men never no. fought Kevin Samuels, and his numbers were low. Low. The moment yep. he checked the woman, <laughs> who is this motherfucking nigga? Da, 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 da. Fuck him. And it took him to the top. But I'm saying, like, it's there's nothing for a black man when he opens up his mouth and says, here's a solution to our problem. I'm going to say it and y'all can feel some kind of way. Not 100 percent of the time, but most of the time, it's not another black man telling him to go fuck himself. But he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Because when I say shit, it be people with degrees, dudes that agree with me and disagree with me. You're right. It be niggas from the streets. And they agree and they disagree mm -hmm. and then we'll have a conversation it's like man i appreciate that man that was a good dialogue all right brother then they follow they, me they i follow, follow back exactly. that'd be the fucking end of it right yeah, exactly it's typically those dudes that didn't have a dude in their life yeah, they yep. have a real man in their life that be be on there acting like a little Act, bitch exactly every time every fucking time just sassy ass sassy niggas, as right hell. Sassy. And it's like you already know what it is. When you see it, you be like, I already know. Here come this bitch ass nigga, right? You know what I'm saying? He taking all his pain out on me. You know what I'm saying? No he didn't have no, no real men around him to, to say, hey, man, tighten that shit up, nigga. Exactly. I had men around me my me whole too. life. Me tighten too. that shit up, nigga. Like, because yeah. when you go out there, they not going to. They not going to coddle you. They going to beat your ass. Exactly. They going to take you to jail. They going to ship you upstate. You going to get your ass beat some more when you get there. You might get killed. You might get killed, right? All that coddling yeah, shit. Coddling. And in the black community, we raise our girls and we call our boys too much. Mm. You, you, if a woman's watching this and you got a brother, and let's just say you grew up in a single family home, every nine times out of ten, the mother was super hard on that girl. Super hard. She had that's to, common in the black community. That's common. Mm. She had to go to school. She had to get her shit together. She got her ass cussed out. Mm -hmm. She got talked to crazy. Her mom, you know what I'm saying? But the boy, come here, baby. Come here, it's gonna be all right. You okay? We get coddled, and then they send them to our mentoring program. You see what I'm saying? And we have to unbreak <laughs> 13 years of being coddled, and it's like we don't we don't talk about that loud. And then the men sit back. A lot of men sit back and don't say shit because it's like, man, I ain't getting involved in that shit. Yep. Because at the moment I say that's wrong, they're gonna say I'm misogynistic. They're gonna say I don't like women. I don't want that on me. So. Yeah, but this I love that, bro. But this is why I say you need both parents because on the opposite side of that. If it's just men raising women, we're going to be way softer on them. Because they're a woman, we're going to be like, man, I don't want to be too hard on you. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Compared to if we raising boys, we're going to be on their ass. It's just like how ass. girls is hard on girls. Dudes is naturally hard on dudes. So you you need that woman, too, to raise that woman. But you need that man to raise that little boy. And too often, when the relationship goes to shit, <coughs> it's our fault. It's our fault. Like, why can't women admit that? Maybe they be on that bullshit too, right? But if you say that out loud, oh man, they coming for your they ass. They coming for your it's ass. It's not a coincidence, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that you done ran off every nigga you done been with. Like, let's talk about it, right? Every, all, everybody left, right? And that's not to say the dudes is right. Let's right. not say ain't no whole ass niggas out there, but come on, man. But it takes two. Ownership is 50-50. Exactly. And, and another thing is, when it goes left, why do the children have to shovel with the relationship with their parents too? You That's know, another conversation too. That that is, man. Um, 
I look at it how because I have a daughter now. My daughter's three months old. I have a son who's Congrats, be, thank you. He'll be yeah, thirteen. Yeah, damn, yeah, yeah, yo, yo, uh, yeah, damn, I forgot about that, man. Yeah, he'll yeah. be. Th- he came last time. Yeah. He'll be thirteen when this comes out. Um, I look at the way I deal with them both. Like my son, I'm starting to soften up a little bit more since the, my daughter came mm-hmm. because I'm super soft with my daughter. Exactly. She's a girl, right? She's a girl. But what I had to realize, I had to take a step back and say, you know what? I can correct my son without chastising him to the point where I'm breaking his will. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, we got our will broke. <laughs> no facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No facts. You fucked up. You know, you got chastised. Chastised, bro. You know, you couldn't cry. You, you, you know, nothing. Facts. Um, and now men are starting to be a lot more open to acknowledging, open. you know, the shit that we go through and That's talking facts. to people, going to therapy and mm-hmm. shit. So I try to take a different approach with my son because I don't want him to resent me for loving him, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Because. It's, it's, it's crazy because it's a long time where how I was raised, my dad was on me, bro. And it was a, when I was younger, I resented him a lot because I ain't really on I'm like, man, it's, we, why we can't never just be cool? Like, you are just on my ass, on my ass about everything. And then I got older and I seen certain people I came up with was getting killed, doing gang shit, going to jail for silly shit because they didn't have that influence with a man that I had with my dad. So I, I'm getting older and older, and I, the, each year I appreciate it more. Because I'm like, I tell people all the time, I know if, without a doubt, 99% sure, I'm 99.9% sure if my dad wasn't in my life right now, I'd either be in jail, me and my brothers, we'd be in jail, dead, or on, doing some street shit right now. I know this for a fact. Yeah. My dad is the one that kept me and my brothers, and we still got in trouble. But he was always there, like, no, nah, you, you had a get safety up. net. Yeah, I had a safety net that many people that I came up with didn't. And it's different when dad shows up. It's, it's different. Completely, it's completely when different. When dad shows up to that school, when dad, I'm very active in my son's school. They know me. I, I teach a program up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do a boys' club at my son's school, right? I do that specifically so I can be in his life, but also be there for kids who don't have a father. Who don't right? have one. Um, it's different when dad shows up. It's completely different. Like, like, Hey man, if he if he gets in trouble, if he does something on the business, my son ain't a bad kid. He just right. do a little stupid you just, shit. You just do kid shit. You know, but when I show up, like literally to the point where they be like, you need to call your dad? It's different. They'll never ask to call mom. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Never. Because it's different. They know when oh, I come facts. up there, they know one, I'll be up there in five minutes. In facts. You know what I'm saying? But two, they also know that the consequences are going to be greater with dad. The expectations mm-hmm. will be greater with dad because I'm raising you to be a man. I'm raising you to go out into this world and solve the problems in your community. And have trust. If you acting like a fuck nigga at school, and, and, and then you're going to be a fuck nigga in, in real, real life. life. And then people ain't going to be able to trust you. Exactly. Right? So your goal is to show how solid you are through your actions. And if people going to criticize, they're going to criticize them. Fuck them. You know, it is what it is. No, that's, bro. No, that's facts. I, I already know. And, and the one thing about dad, dad ain't even got to say nothing. All dad got to do is show up. My dad ain't, my dad, he ain't talk a whole lot until shit went left. Then it was a conversation. We might have a 30, 30 minute to an hour conversation. But other than that, he didn't say a whole lot. He, he, didn't have like, to. he didn't have to. He just looked at you. He just. My son, man, my son, <laughs> my son be doing some stupid shit. Now. I look over right. at him. I do this right here. He, he just texted me before I came. Dad, can I stay home? I said, all right, we're building trust. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, you get to the age where I want you to be able to do certain things. You can stay home by yourself. You know, it's just going to be for an hour or so, right? Right. Um, Thank you so much, Dad. He's been doing so much better in school. He ain't had no issues. No issues, no Like, no. because the approach has been a little bit different. It's not like he's damned if he do and damned if he don't. If he fuck up, we have a conversation about it. All right, man, how can you not fuck up again, right? 
and then I give him a little bit of leeway. That was something we didn't get at all. We mm. fucked up. We fucked up. Was, uh, yep. But, you know, to kind of wrap up that, that topic, it's just like men are necessary in this dynamic. And Extremely. in black culture, we don't allow our men to not be niggas, mm. street niggas, hood up. niggas. If you, if you, well, let's talk about it. Let's mm. talk about it. If you a square ass nigga, if you a nigga that's a point dexter square in the books, that's not who getting chose. They don't get chose until later on in life later when they life. when they pull up. Even though they they fit the mold, they were decent looking, they just wasn't in that street shit. You're we're encouraged to be for all intents and purposes, fuck niggas growing up, man. You go out there and you do all a bunch of fuck shit and you, you get into a bunch of shit, shit. And that's what makes you popular, right? Mm-hmm. You fuck a lot of girls. That's what makes you popular in school. You you know, you get into a lot of fights. That's what yeah. I used to fight a lot. Knocking Believe it or not. You're knocking niggas out. That's making you Yeah, you get into a lot of fights. You, you know, okay, all right, Tim with the shits. You know, yep. you know what I'm saying? It's like, but then when you think about it, it's like, what do you gain from that, right? Um, it got to a point to where literally when I came back from the military, people that I grew up with knew me. They knew they could trust me. They knew I was good. But a lot of people didn't fuck with me in business because they didn't know me as a business As a business person. They knew me as... You know, goofy ass Tim, Tim that's going to have you laughing and shit. He's going to pop off a fight if he need to. Like, that's just who I was, right? You know? Then when I started getting into business, it's people that, nah, I ain't finna let this nigga sell me no house. I ain't finna let this nigga do my taxes. You know, he cool and shit. I had to prove myself extra hard with the people who knew me to the point where they had to see years of just me being super solid in business. It's like, oh shit, Tim really, he really about that life. Then I started getting people out, like my... 40% of my clientele was people I went to school with. So they're like, oh, man, I heard you you helped such and such get into a house. I heard that you taught them how to improve their credit score. You didn't charge them anything. I heard that you found this program that will pay for their down payment. You can do all that. Like, yeah, man, I just remember you being, you know, goofy Tim, you know, funny Tim from school, you know, like I didn't know that. So if the reward is to be a, fu- a fuck ass nigga in our society, then where's the reward when you you turn that corner and say, no, I'm about this. And that's why there's so much infighting online because the people that's speaking aren't being validated because maybe who they used to be or because they don't fit a certain narrative. Like you got to you got to be a nigga. If you want to lead our people, you got to be a nigga that can play sports. So dope. Then he turn his life around and he still be online talking that nigga shit. But then he be down the city hall. Like you got to be this this mythical creature. No, facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts. Like we got to disassociate ourselves with that bullshit ass culture that is not getting us anywhere. Anywhere. But if we said it out loud, we're talking down on our people. Yeah, they and they they they, they gonna say that. I realize people are gonna say that regardless when but at the end of the day, the message is gonna it's gonna resonate with who it's supposed to resonate with. I'm not for everybody. Exactly. I Xavier, yeah. I'm not for everybody. Um mm-hmm. there used to be a time where I would try to convert people or try to convince people to see things my way. Exactly. I don't give a fuck what you think about me right now because I understand I, I read this book and it says when you're 20, you care what everyone mm-hmm. thinks. When you're 40, you don't give a damn what people think. And when you're 60, you realize when nobody thinking about you at all. I'm at that 40s door, right? So I don't give a damn what y'all got to say. Because I understand the difference between an enemy and somebody that just don't like me. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand the difference. What's the difference? An, an enemy is on site. It's war. 
If, if you my enemy, if I no matter where I see you, it's on. It's popping. Mm-hmm. Nigga just don't like you. He just don't like you. A nigga that don't like you will speak to you in public. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Niggas just don't walk up to me. What's up, man? I dapping me up and shit, man. I saw you. I was like, what's your name on social media? I saw you was a nigga in the car. He's talking shit. Man, low-key, I fuck with you, though, man. What you were saying, I just didn't like the way you said it. Well, we got to get out of that like the way you said shit. That's oh, just a person right. don't like you. But see, on social media, they try to make everyone your enemy. Mm. Everyone's not your enemy, man. People just don't like you. They just don't like what the fuck you got to say. And that's okay. They're not your target audience. When people talk shit about me, I just say to myself, they're not my target audience. That's facts. Yeah. They're not my target audience at all. You know how many motherfuckers was in my inbox? Bro, please keep saying what you're saying because I'm tired of motherfuckers posting GoFundMe links when niggas die. That shit be so sad every time, bro. You know? That, like... And using poverty as an excuse, Xavier. Using poverty as an excuse. You guys, we know where we come from. We know the obstacles that we had. We know, you know, the system of white supremacy, the system of injustice, redlining laws, uh, you know, segregation. We know that happened, right? We can't deny that, right? That is a written fact. It's a real thing. With that being said, what are we doing to get ourselves out of that situation without asking the very people that... Put us in it from our own accounts to help us out. Mm. Right? Like, what are you creating? And now we're getting to the point to where 20 years from now, it, it ain't going to be that many jobs, bro. Shit going to be automated. Like, it's going to be automated. That's, man, I, it, it, in, in another conversation, it's like, I don't know how to say this, but I think the, I'm trying to think how to say this so people don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I help you interpret. But I think, I think the biggest issue right now and in leading into the future, this is why I preach about finances, getting your money right and all that shit, because I think the biggest issue we facing today is classism. Mm. Because these days, just being real, you could, racism exists. It's a lot of things racism is going to stop you from, but at the end of the day, you not being at a certain level is going to stop you much more than what color you is these days. If we want to talk about the past, we could talk about the past. But right now, a motherfucker is more prone to be like, or oh, you didn't graduate from this school, or you don't got this, this not your net worth, or you don't live in this community. You don't, you know what I'm saying? They going to they gonna cut you off access to certain things, for real. Access. You know how many times I've been somewhere, and a motherfucker look at me like I got shit on me. And then somebody else starts <laughs> talking about, oh, that's such and such, such. and the same the person same that didn't person. speak to me. Didn't give a fuck about me a minute ago. It's all in my face. Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm just like, okay. You know, because people want access and they want to be able to, they don't want to give access to everyone. Just, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm willing to bet that a lot of people want to come on your show. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a barrier of entry, right? But if there's somebody that you know, who's not going to come on here and bullshit, that's good with the audience, you'll invite them to your show. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Everyone's not going to be able to get certain types of access. And like you said, with classism, it's not about having the nice things, but it's more about being able to, I don't know, man, what am I trying to say? Like, I said last time, rich is flashy, wealth is quiet, right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to move a you certain, move a certain way. way. Does that make sense? No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And I know you know, I know you've been somewhere and people don't say nothing to you and then the valet brings your car around. Yes. It happens <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't bother me. I'm like whatever. I've been I've been at like uh, a lot of times when I go out. I'm just I don't I'm not dressing fancy. I got on a hoodie. I might have my do rag on depending on where you I go. You don't even at. want to be seen. I don't even want to say I got a hoodie on. People just 
Motherfuckers just watching me, treating me kind of like I can. You can feel a vibe. They kind of like treating me like I ain't shit for real. And then, like you said, what if a valet bring my car, or if somebody walk up on me, hey, hey, hey. then hey. it's like, oh shit. Now they they it's a one eighty and attitude towards me, and I'll be like, damn, y'all was kind of just acting funny, but Mike Jones shit, huh? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> this this literally happened to me a week ago. I was in the restaurant. I'm I'm uh getting ready to order some food. I got my hoodie on, sweatpants. I'm looking. They probably thought I was on some bullshit. It was a nice restaurant. I was just trying to order to go though. They treated me funny. Somebody walks in. He sees me on the street. He walks in. He like, yo, ain't you blah 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 blah. We have a conversation. The waitress, they look at me like, they get to smile and laugh and trying to make jokes and shit with me. Now I'm like, y'all was just not fucking with me five Man, minutes ago. Man, I go, every time I go buy a car, I always wear like basketball shorts mm -hmm. and sweatpants, a regular t-shirt and some flip-flops, right? Because um, I want to see how they're going to treat me when I walk through the door. Exactly. Right? And I'll never forget when I was, uh, I'll never forget I bought a car one time. Walked in, nobody talked to me. Nobody talked to me at all. Finally, this older gentleman walks up to me. He's like, hey, have you been helping? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't been helping you. We got to talking. Dude ran my credit. I ended up buying like one of the, the most expensive cars on the lot, right? Um, <laughs> with all the features. I bought the wheel package. He I bought like, oh, the motherfucking shit. oil change package. So he, he comes up and he pulls me in. He called all the salespeople. He said, hey, I want y'all to come over here for a second. He said, when he walked in here, none of y'all spoke to him. This dude is going to drive off this lot with all of this stuff. You know how much commission I'm going to get off of this one dude? He's got better credit than 90% of people that walk, walk in here. here. But all of you judged him based on what he had on. So I want to say thank y'all for being pieces of shit. <laughs> thank you for this. And, I, you know and, and it was like, it was, it was the best feeling in the world. But now I just look back and just peep game like, it is what it is. But it's sad when we do it to each other. Mm -hmm. It's sad when it's another black person. That's doing it. And people accuse me of talking down on black people. And I think to myself, that's the dumbest shit in the world. Because when I get into a room and it ain't none of us, I'm advocating for us in ways that, that, will, that exactly. will get me closed out of certain conversations. You know how many conversations I've been closed out of because I got in there and said, that's some bullshit. Y'all not trying to help this community. You're not trying to do that. But see, my people don't see that. They don't see me going to the rooms getting my motherfucking ass kicked. They just see me saying gentrification is fake. It ain't a real thing. Because it ain't. At this point in the game, we got to fight it by buying property. We got to fight it by not having that broke-ass mindset and feeling like it's all poverty when it's time to come up, but it's all stunned when it's time to show niggas you got it. Facts. But. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> hey, you no, you talk, you you talking some real shit, bro, because it's, it's definitely, but I will say this. I'm realizing, I don't know, this could just be me and my scope and the things I'm paying, to, paying attention to. It seemed like there is like a, um, a shift happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. You want to know why? And I call it the Charleston White effect. Mm. You know? And Charleston White, if you're watching this, ain't nobody talking shit about you. Man. Right, 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 right. I call it the Charleston White effect. Let me tell you I met, why. I met Charleston. Charleston's a good dude. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, well, I met him. We, we kicked it for about a couple hours, bro. He's a good dude. I him, He's a good dude. So people don't like what he says, but... You got to pull back the layers of what he's saying. He says some reckless shit. For sure. He, like 100%. I don't agree with everything <laughs> yeah, he said. Right, right, right. But the fact that he just doesn't give a you don't care. fuck. And you, you can't help but say, damn, he's got a point. And now what's happening is people are starting to call out bullshit more and feel comfortable because for so long. People were scared to. They were afraid to. Mm -hmm. See, if, if I hold you accountable, 
then I'm I'm being a hoe ass nigga. Mm-hmm. If I hold you accountable, then I'm being a coon. You know, mm-hmm. we throw that word around with somebody. We just throw that shit around. We throw that shit around like a mother. That shit don't even mean nothing these days because they just throw it around to anybody. A coon is a very specific thing. It's it's, it's a person who sells their people out to get closer to other people. That's it. That's Nothing all more. it is. That's all it is. But they throw that shit on anybody for yeah. just having a difference of opinion when this person could be doing like you talk about doing hella work for mm-hmm. them to advance the community. Yeah. But just because they say something, they say one thing you don't agree with, with that doesn't fit your narrative. Or that you're unwilling to to consider, right? Like one thing about me, when somebody says some shit that I don't agree with, if it if it strikes a chord with me, Xavier, that means that it's true. Mm. So then what I start doing is I go back and start researching it. That's my degree in history. I love to research. And I'll start trying to pick apart their argument. But nine times out of ten, I can't. You can't. And so then I just have to acknowledge, damn, man. You're right. I hate to fucking admit this, but you're right. And then once I admit you're right, that's it. We move on. But too often, instead of creating that change, people just want to say fuck you and, and, and throw you under a bus and make you look like a villain. But the truth of the matter is, eventually they're going to have to admit what you're saying is true. No facts. Yeah. And, and it's typically at the worst moment of their life. The worst moment. So you, get in front of that shit. No, you, no, that's facts, bro. And, then, and each, um, I think each side... What is a is a crazy opinion that you don't do, that you completely disagree with or agree with? I think all of it is necessary because it we got to a point where it was just a um what they call it echo chamber echo chamber yeah. it was just an echo chamber was nobody coming out saying anything that was like man this some bullshit this ain't what it is we shouldn't be like we shouldn't be moving like this no it was just because people were scared and now when you got people with so many different opinions it forces the conversation forces. and it, and, it, and it forces people that are confused. Especially younger people that don't really know, they could see all sides and they could pick. This Bro, makes the most sense. And that's what it is. Like when I tell you, man, even with that gentrification comment, I had 20 year olds hitting me up. Can you talk to me more about that? Mm-hmm. Like, because you were saying that these properties were available. Bro, I used to go knock on people's doors, like, hey, we're having a meeting this week. I used to do a meeting every two weeks as a zoning commissioner to, to introduce every new case, to talk about what's going to happen. That shit takes months, sometimes years to happen. No one was coming, right? And then the moment the property starts to change hands, then it's they're, they're taking our neighborhood. It's yeah. like, well, no, you can't say that because we had the opportunity. Well, we're poor. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> a S550 parked out in front of your house over here in the hood. Facts. On some things. Facts. I had a tenant one time that drove an S550. Man. And I was picking up rent in a 98 Toyota Camry that was four different color blacks. And I used to think and he was clean, too. Clean as a motherfucking whistle, man. You thought he was the landlord. That's crazy. Like, I had to literally reduce my entire life to get to where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I, I rented out my house. I sold my car. Um, I stopped eating out. Like, I, I reduced my whole life to, to buy more property. And then once you get the property, okay, now you can go back to doing what you was doing. But we have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to take a year off. Take two years off from the fuck shit. Mm. Trying to impress people. Just take a year off and don't give a fuck what people think about you. Move back home. Stack your bread. Cut the yard, clean up the house so mama won't be on your ass, right? Mm-hmm. And then put yourself in a position economically to purchase one property. Mm-hmm. Just one. You don't have to go out and buy the biggest property. Go buy that house that you don't want to live in in the hood and then move your ass into it, right? And then stack up more money or rent it out. But we want to show up and be successful. People, people meet you on the street. Man, I, tell me exactly what you do so I can do the same thing. You know how long it For took long. you to get to where you at? How many sleepless nights Xavier had getting this podcast off the ground? See, they don't see that shit. They just see the glitz and the glamour. We got to fall back in love with the process, bro. Mm. We've that's, lost sight of that. That's a fact. 
That's man. That's I'm sorry for talking so much. No, 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 no. You talking some real shit, bro. And what I what I took from your message regarding gentrification at the end of the day, which I love, is accountability. We could come up with all the reasons and excuses. What the, what the hell happened back in the day? What at the end of the day, <clears throat> when you see most people just being, if people be real with themselves, when you see most people lose them their homes today. It comes down to they was prioritizing some other shit. It wasn't because of most people I'm talking about, y'all. It wasn't because of <laughs> racism. You know they're going to be in the inbox. They're going to be like, well, I specifically went through this. Like, I'm not talking about too specific. I'm talking about most people. When most people lose their properties these days, whether it's foreclosure, it's not. Just being real. People be real with themselves. I think they will come to agree with what I'm saying. Overextension. It's overextension. Of, uh, 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 Debt income. That's, that's, it. that's all it is. Yeah. It ain't because of some white motherfuckers came in and tried to do some bullshit. It's because you wasn't on your A game and it lacked and it failed and it shows. It it just is what it is. But you, know you can't saying? say that because we're supposed to always be mad. And and I'm all, I'm exactly. all about I'm all about accountability. Like I'm the first person that I call you know, racism, racism, exactly. right? Exactly. I'm also the person that right after I said it, I'm gonna say, Hey, what you gonna do about what it? What the fuck we gonna do? But man, I, I, I know, man. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been watching that video and sharing it. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Yes. But but you know what? We're going to have to get out of... I hate using the word victim because that's synonymous. It's kind of like calling a black person lazy, right? You know, that's that's one of those tropes, if you will. So we got to get out of, of feeling like there's no end. There's right. no options, right? Exactly. Um, we got to get out of that, man. Like... Yes, there are situations where we don't have the access that we need. With that being said, what do we do to get the access? Yes, what are we willing to sacrifice to get that access? Because there is an answer. There's always There's an always answer. answer. There's always, always an answer. Always, man. That's one thing. Like you said, we talk. We, we ex-military. That's the, we mission-oriented. We In the military, you might talk about your pro the problem for 15 minutes. You ain't soaking in it, though. It's like, all right, so what are we about to do, y'all? We need to do something. We need to get some shit together to get the ball rolling because there's always an answer. Like you said. We got to get out of that sufferer cycle, mm -hmm. right? Yes, we've suffered, but it's a cycle now, right? At some point in the game, you have to step off and say, I don't want to suffer no more, man. No more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my family, you're going to be the first person in your family to do some shit because what's going to happen is once you do it, you know what they're going to do? They're going to start copying you. Yep. Shit, if little Timmy can do it, if Xavier can do it, I know I can, I can do, do it. it. I'm cool with you having that mindset. Facts. Just motherfucking do it. Facts. No, that's the man, bro. That, I, can't, I can't wrap it up no better than that, man. I just want to say, before we wrap up, this was a, this is one of those episodes. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and get this done, man. I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to get a lot of reactions out of the people again. But before I let you go, plug all your stuff, man, where people man. can find you, follow you, everything. I appreciate that, man. And again, thank you for having me, man. I, I rarely see you do repeat. People, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I consider it an honor to even be here sitting here twice. Uh, thank you, bro. But uh, first things first, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Tim Jackson now. Uh, YouTube, just type in Tim Jackson now. You'll see me on there. Uh, of course, I have the No More OGs you know, podcast where we talk about issues within the culture, specifically as it relates to, to black men. Uh, solving the problem within our culture outside of what has been given to us, right? Um, so that's who I am. That's where you can find me. Y'all fuck with me. Um, man, I'm a fan of the show. I, I consider this home, man. Yeah, so I'm yeah, proud bro. of you. Keep doing what Thank you're you, doing. Bro. 
too often in our community, man, we, we don't look each other in the eye and say we're proud of each other. I text you every now and then, mm-hmm. like, man, keep your foot on these things, <laughs> man. I'm proud Thanks. of you. Congratulations on the, the soon-to-be baby girl, <laughs> Thank man. You. Thank you, bro. Thank Have to do a play date one day yeah, when she no, get here. No, facts, facts. No, let's do it, bro. Let's say do less. it. Let's say less, man. And uh, wrapping up, you guys can follow me on all platforms. I'm at Xavier C. Miller and at the official Xavier Miller on Instagram. And y'all can follow the man that mind says, podcast on all platforms as well like i said if y'all would like this share this leave a five-star rating and review we would greatly appreciate it and that's all i got for you on this episode of me and the mindsets podcast see you guys next episode peace gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars if you ain't gonna do it for yourself then do it for your mama only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit trying to learn some game xavier gonna talk about it no diana speak that sh- that everybody voucher ain't no more excuses valid get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account need an accountant